This is Generation Dresses, a multimedia project that trains youth to harness the power of media. I'm Peter Wing. And I'm Barbara Ramirez. Tonight, we're talking about how to improve our elections and democracy. We'll be speaking with Eric Griego, the state director of the Working Families Party of New Mexico, who gives us an update on the Democracy Dollars campaign. And our calendar hosts, Hazel Bulente and Yusuf Amer, will tell us what's going on around town. Throughout our program, we'll feature music chosen by youth producers. Our first song of the night is What a Wonderful World by the Ramones. Griego is the state director of the New Mexico Working Families Party, which is a grassroots political organization that fights for economic and, race, and, racial, and racial justice. Eric is a former Albuquerque City Councilman and a former state senator. So now, media justice intern Eka Cruz speaks with Eric Griego. This is Edgar Cruz with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Eric Riego, State Director of the Working Families Party of New Mexico. Welcome, Eric, to Generation Justice. Thanks for having me, Edgar. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Please tell us more about yourself. Well, I'm an Albuquerque native. I grew up over in Badalas, right near downtown. Um, went to Albuquerque High and... Uh, then uh, um, New Mexico State, uh, went off to D.C. for a few years, and then moved back to New Mexico. Got about, it's been almost 20 years now, and um, I uh, was on the city council from 2001 to 2005, um, and then uh, was a state senator for a couple, for a term, and then um, and then I ran for Congress. And after that, uh, I came back to school to here at UNM to finish a, to try to finish a PhD that I had started a long time ago. So uh, I'm uh, also uh, a doctoral fellow and um, working on my dissertation in political science and um, at UNM. And so um, that's in addition to my work trying to get the Working Families Party, um, which is uh, we're a state affiliate of a national party um, off, the, off the ground here in New Mexico. We've been at it a couple years now and slowly making progress. And can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Working Families? So we are a national party um, uh, that started in New York. In New York, they have something called fusion voting. That's where a candidate can run under more than one party banner. So you could run, uh, you know, Edgar Cruz, Democrat, Edgar Cruz, Working Families Party. So mm. we try to represent what we consider Working Families values. So things like a $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, um, uh true open elections, public financing of elections. That's why we're working on uh, the Democracy Dollars campaign. So um, so that f across the country, we're in about 20 states now. Um, what we try to do is identify, support, recruit, and help get elected, and then hold accountable candidates who share our values, right? And they typically are Democrats, but they're not always Democrats. So we're not a completely separate party like the Green Party. We really like to consider ourselves sort of a... A uh, a 
progressive or working families um, uh, philosophy within the Democratic Party. Uh, as I said, we sometimes have, have uh, run other candidates in other parties. So what we do in all these cities and states that we're in is um, we really believe that we need to broaden the kinds of candidates getting elected. So women, especially people of color, people who come from working class backgrounds, people who come from communities, uh, community organizing backgrounds and so on, so that uh, who aren't rich and who aren't necessarily from political families, we try to f find them, nurture them, and get them to to run for office if they want to do that, or at least help us get other people like them elected. And we've done that all across the country for the last 20 years, and literally hundreds of candidates from city council to uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio was one of our candidates in New York, to uh, Stacey Abrams, who would be the first black woman governor of of Georgia. We're working real hard to get her elected. Um, and we were really happy to help um, here in New Mexico to help uh, – uh, Susan Herrera up in northern New Mexico get elected in the primary. We, we play a lot in primaries because under our system, as you know, um, sometimes that's where the real differences surface. You know, we have this kind of two-party system where mm. Republicans and Democrats and people tend to think they only have two choices. Well, often in a primary, especially in a Democratic Party primary for us, it's where you see some real contrasts. And we try to get behind a candidate that we really think is going to best represent what we consider working families value, things like a $15 minimum wage, things like uh, affordable college or, or, or debt-free college, things like uh, Medicare for all. So those are the kind of candidates we like to support. And, and you mentioned Democracy Dollars, uh, the most recent campaign that you're working on. Tell us more about Democracy Dollars. So Democracy Dollars is a local campaign for for Albuquerque elections for city council and mayor. Um, it's a it's a coalition of grassroots groups that include includes uh, Olay, uh, SWAP, the Working Families Party, Common Cause, um, uh, the Center for Civic Action. Um, I know I'm forgetting a number of other groups who are helping. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make our public financing system for elections here uh, more viable. When I was a city councilman in 2005, uh, I sponsored legislation. We were the second city in the country at the time to to pass public financing for local elections. What that basically did is give candidates who chose not to take any private money, any big corporate donations or other special interest contributions, instead of doing that, they would be – if they collected some small $5 contributions uh, and a lot of signatures, they would be eligible for public financing from the taxpayers. Essentially, we created a fund that said – if you, if you try not to take any of that big money, because big money really does affect our democracy, as we all know. Um, and so we put it on the ballot in 2005. The voters overwhelmingly passed it by 69% of the votes. So it was a huge win. Um, so in 2007, we had our first candidate, actually, who represents this district, uh, Ray Garduño, who represented this district, get elected public financing. 2009, all three mayoral candidates, including the incumbent mayor, ran under public financing. That means they didn't take any thousand dollar contributions from wow. anybody they ran and um so it was working great um fast forward to 2011 there was a supreme court decision the same supreme court that passed citizens united which basically allowed for unlimited contributions in political and uh, political life and in campaigns they also made another decision in in an arizona case which said you could not use matching money so if a privately financed candidate, you know, candidate went out there and raised a million dollars, you couldn't then give a publicly financed candidate 
the same amount of money, which is how our system was set up in Albuquerque so that it would be even, right? So that you wouldn't be at a disadvantage if you chose not to take private money. Well, when they struck that down, it blew a big hole in our system, meaning like you really couldn't be very competitive as a mayoral candidate. If you said, I'm going to go public finance, you'd only get a few hundred thousand and you'd be running against people who were making, who were raising a mil north of a million dollars. So democracy dollars is an idea that came from Seattle. Seattle passed this a few years back. And what it says is that in addition to getting more diverse people voting, people who of all ages, different backgrounds, economically, demographically, you know, racially, and so on, um, in addition to getting them to vote, we need to help create a donor class of people who are working people who can't write $1,000 or $5,000 checks, but who still want to participate. So they, they essentially use these vouchers, these coupons, and you, every voter got one, and the voters could give them to a publicly financed candidate of their, own, of their choice. So if you ran and said, I'm not taking any private money, will you help me do this so that I don't have to so I listen to you and not the big corporate donors? Um, and so they ran a couple of elections, and it's worked great. It's it's really expanded the electorate. It's it's changed the kind of candidates who run for office in city at the city level in Seattle. So we thought it was a great idea. So we decided we're going to try it here. And um, in order to get on the ballot, we had to collect uh, almost twenty thousand signatures to put it on the ballot. And we just did that. It'll hopefully be certified. And what it will do is it'll allow uh, Albuquerque voters to decide in November, they get to vote in November, do we think it's a good idea to give average working voters these $25 vouchers so that more candidates will choose to run under public financing? Right now, we did the analysis in this last election. We're a city of 600,000 plus people, 350 people, 350 individuals gave three quarters of all the private contributions in the last mayoral race. Think about that. There are 350 people in this city who basically controlled, to a large extent, who got elected. Yikes. Now, the, the exception to that was we had a mayor who ran, or current mayor who ran publicly financed, but uh, but he would not have been viable had not an independent kind of group had to come to his defense, which a lot of people thought that that's, defeats the purpose. One of the things we're trying to fix with democracy dollars is to reduce the need to have these independent groups you know, raise money and do the same thing that you could truly run. Like if you decided to run for council, you could run public financing. You wouldn't have to dial for dollars and call developers and corporations and say, hey, will you give me $1,000 I'm running for city council? And then they say, sure, but, you know, don't forget who I am when I come to talk to you about my project, right? So um, anyway, so we're real excited. It'll be on the, the ballot in November, we hope. Uh, we have one more hoop to go through before we get there, and that is uh, the county commission, uh, which is decides what goes on the ballot. They have to vote this month in August to put it on the ballot, and we're hoping that voters will support that they will support what the voters just did. Twenty eight thousand people just signed this petition to get us on the ballot, and uh, that's that's a big chunk of the electorate. So we hope they'll do the right thing. Yeah, thank you. And that was twenty eight thousand signatures, and you needed how many? So we need 20% of the last election. So it was about 20, just a little under 20,000, about 19,500. Um, and just to give you an idea, that represents almost a third of all people who voted in the last mayoral election. So that's how many people, that's how many conversations 
our canvassers had. So they were at, they probably talked to you guys, they were everywhere. They were, and they, they asked people like, do you want to do this? And so it was 28,000 people in the city of Albuquerque said, yeah, I think we should at least vote on whether this is a good idea. So hopefully that'll send a real strong message to not just our elected officials that they need to put it on the ballot, but also in November when we all have a chance to vote on it, that, that voters will say, this is a good idea. Anything that can reduce the power of big money in politics, we should do. Anything that's going to get more young people involved in politics and get them involved in, and help balance out the power that, that older voters and, um, you know, uh, the, the same folks who keep electing our folks have, the better, right? What are some of the barriers that you uh, anticipate or have seen uh, that are specific uh, to New Mexico um, and some of the political barriers as well? So what we what we found in Albuquerque, even though we have public financing for local elections, what we found is that um, there are still a lot of people who think that um, that the process is still kind of rigged, right? So convincing people that if we want to take money out of politics, if we want average voters to have more um, say so in who they elect, they've got to still participate. First of all, they've got to vote at the very least. They've also got to. Some of them hopefully will run, right? Because we need more diverse candidates to run. You know, we've got a lot of older. Uh, right now, we only have three women on the city council, and you know, in a, in a city like the rest of the country, that's more than it's majority women. We only have th- three councilors who are uh, councilors of color in a city that's a, min- a minority majority or majority minority, as I like to call it, uh, city. So. Um, some of the barriers are that people, a lot of people have just checked out. You know, we had 25% of eligible voters vote in our last city election, um, which means a lot of people just uh, either they're they're working hard and they don't have time, which is a, truly a barrier. We need to make it easier to vote. They just think that their vote doesn't matter, right? And especially younger voters, like a lot of younger voters, like, does it really matter? Like, it's always going to be the same guys. You know, unfortunately, it's mostly men. Unfortunately, it's only mostly older men. Unfortunately, it's also mostly older white men, right? So that who has that's who has sort of run our city and, frankly, our government across the country. So if you're a young woman of color, you're sort of looking around. I'm like, you know, where am I? And where, where do I fit in all of this, right? So one of the things that hopefully things like democracy dollars will do is start making our local government all the way up to Congress look a lot more like what our community looks like, not just physically, but also economically in terms of people's life experience, right? That's really important because right now, you know, we have more millionaires in Congress than we have in, you know, as a percentage of the population. Um, So, um, so there are still barriers in the sense that it's still hard to vote. It's still hard for people to, to trust in the system, we hope this will be another tool for people to sort of say, you know what, maybe I need to give this another look, and maybe I need to get more involved, and that's what we hope will happen. Thank you, yeah. And and what is something young organizers and, and young people need to hear to get engaged? What do they need to hear right now? Um, I think that as less and less people participate and as money plays a bigger and bigger role in politics that people feel kind of disconnected, right? And then what happened in the 2016 election when you had this exciting candidate for young people, certainly Bernie Sanders, who really got people excited and thought, you know, there's a different way to do this. And he was saying these things that a lot of people five years ago would say were crazy, right? They're things he'd been saying for 20 years. But so a lot of young people who frankly have a very different view of the world than most of the current electorate, right? I said, yeah, why isn't this possible? So he got them fired up. I think 
I happen to believe and a lot of people believe because of how broken our political system is he didn't come out of the other end and instead we had in fact someone who's the total opposite right which is um, really heavily reliant on kind of this free market neoliberal model of how the system works not investing in people not investing in young people not you know it was about so I think a lot of young people were disillusioned because they worked hard to get Bernie kind of elected and it didn't pan out. Um, and so many of them decided to check out. So, and I think that's unfortunate because I, I think we, it's on us to give folks a reason to get to check back in, right? So I think for young people that I know and in my life and my family and my community, um, the only thing worse than, than, um, maybe voting for the wrong person or for maybe, um, is to not to just completely check out. And I totally understand how disillusioned people get, but like we've got to make the change. We've got to be that change, right? So you can run for office. You can you can find someone you respect and help them get elected. At the very least, you can vote, right? And um, But now there's a lot of ways that you can get involved. Like you can, um, now you, you're going to get, if this passes next Next year, you're going to get a $25 voucher in the mail, and you can decide, I'm going to use this. You can let you can throw it in the garbage, or you can use this to say, I'm going to, I'm going to support a candidate who really is going to fight for what I think is important. And what is that? And, and more importantly, I'm going to show that you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be beholden to powerful special interest to run for office. That Now you... If you're running and you're somebody who comes to your door, you can ask, hey, I've got a $25 voucher, which might help you pay for some flyers or a campaign manager. But you got to convince me that you're going to represent me and my interests if you're a city councilman or if you're a mayor. And that's a different conversation that we've ever had, right? Will you share with us some next steps uh, of what we can look out for um, and where we can go to find more information? So there's a couple of things you can do. We have one more hoop. So once these these things have been certified, um, these signatures, we'll know pretty quickly here that we've made that we've had enough. Um, that we've that we have enough. <laughs> Not that we've had enough. We've already had enough. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> but um, uh, if if you want to get involved in the campaign, because we still have a lot of work to do to get it passed, there's a lot of things you can do. You can contact your local elected official at the city level and the county level. So can, so the Burlington County Commission has a, west, a website, and so the city of Albuquerque, and just saying, hey, this is a good idea. We think we should do this. For folks who are actually looking to get directly involved, we're going to need help getting the word out. So if folks have a lot of time and they really want to get some campaign experience knocking on doors and just explaining to voters why this is important, there'll be opportunities to do that. And you can uh, check with, uh, there's Olay, which is an organization that's doing that Working Families Party as well. And then, in, of course, in November, we have to actually vote to pass this, right? We Because some people are going to say, why am I giving money to help people get elected? Like, I may not support what they stand for. So there's still people who say, like, that's a waste of money. To help people sort of support it, that's another way people can get involved. You can check out uh, Borky Bucks online. We've got a Facebook page. Um, you can also Google Democracy Dollars. There's tons of information online about it. And um, there's lots of ways to get involved. And um, we'd love to see a lot more uh, folks involved in helping us make this happen and get it passed. And passed overwhelmingly so that, the, so that nobody can say that it isn't what the majority of Albuquerqueans want. Good, clean government that... Everybody has a stake in, not just the rich folks and older folks, and that everybody really is part of our democracy here in Albuquerque. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Is there anything else you would like to add? 
No, it's great. great. It's great okay. being on. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you for sharing your information and your insight with us and your empowering message. For Generation Justice, this is Edgar Cruz. Thank you, Eric, for taking the time to share with our community about this new possibility for our democracy. I think democracy dollars could make democracy stronger in the United States. Democracy dollars goes in front of the city council on August 6th and then to the county commission. If you'd like more information, visit urkebucks.org. These next songs remind us about what it means to speak up and get ready for election season. Here are Voice Your Choice by The Radiance, followed by Gone Till November by Wycliffe Jean. Voice Your Choice Voice Your Choice Voice Your Choice Tell me who do you I want to dedicate this song, Gone Till November, to all you ladies out there crying all alone in your room, and all you fellas going down south, not making it back. May the Lord bless your soul. I love you, girl. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and Welcome back to Generation Justice. Now, for an update on the events around town, here are Hazel Valente and Yusuf Amr. Thank you, Barbara. Summer in Albuquerque is jam-packed with events for Burkinos of all ages and interests. I'm Yusuf Amr. And I'm Hazel Valente. And now, we'll share some of those events with you. That's right. We're here to tell you about what's going on in Albuquerque for the rest of the summer. First up is the 1ABQ Challenge Celebration an event to celebrate community service. There will be food trucks, a pep rally, and a special performance by Al Hurricane Jr. This pairing of food trucks and New Mexican Spanish music will be held at the Albuquerque Civic Plaza on August 12th from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you're interested in Native culture, join the Zuni Calestewa Dance Group at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center. The Cultural Center features traditional Native American dances every week year-round. The next day you can catch some dances is August 10th from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Wow, the Cultural Center sure has been busy this summer. Our next event is Seasons of Growth, a gardening series. This one is on food preservation. Explore how you can preserve your garden's bounty for the winter on August 17th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Culture Center at 2401 12th Street. Email learn at theindianpueblo.org for more information. Thanks for that event, Yusuf. This year's Native Liberation Conference focuses on global partnership and decolonization, bringing together Native, Black, undocumented, and Palestinian organizers of all ages. The Native Liberation Conference will be held at the Health Leadership High School at 1900 Randolph Road Southeast in Albuquerque. If you have any questions, contact Melissa at 505-238-5190 or email contact at therednation.org. Before we announce our next events, 
let's bop for a bit. Here's I Got You by Hone. We need to get away. We don't need no stress. We don't need no stress. You might be rough around the edges, but them edges look good. I got a lot of time for you, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a fist full of problems, but just as any man should. Told you we weren't done. We still got lots more events for you. Hey, Hazel. What? Do you like poetry? I love poetry. Well, you're in luck. If you want to meet Albuquerque's 2018 Poet Laureate, Michelle Otero, come to this event. Michelle Otero is a writer, facilitator, and coach. She uses creative expression for positive social change. Michelle will be at the Jules Poetry Playhouse on Grant Street, between 5th Street and 6th Street, on August 16 from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our last event of the night is Decolonizing Gender with Professor Jennifer Denetdale and it's part of the Con Mujeres Circle series from New Mexico Con Mujeres. You can join this conversation on Friday, August 10th from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Southwest Organizing Project. Located 211 10th Street Southwest. For more information, you can email beva at swap.net. That's B-E-V-A at swap.net. Our next song, I Owe You Nothing, by Sanabu Say, is a song that celebrates ownership of our identities. After that, we'll hear Put Your Records On, by Corinne Bailey Ray. to the end of another hour of resistance in democracy. We would like to thank our guest, Eric Griego, and our interviewer, Edgar Cruz. Thank you to our calendar hosts, Hazel Valente and Yusuf Ahmed. Our program tonight was engineered by 15-year-old Lily Lukau. Production assistance came from Kateri Zuni and Roberto Rayo. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're also active on social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the WK Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, 
the Albuquerque Community Foundation, and of course, all of you who've contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last songs of the night are Electioneering by Radiohead followed by Never Been in Love by Elephant. I'm Barbara Ramirez. And I'm Peter Wing. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word. So stay tuned and join us next Sunday on 7 o'clock. See you all next week and have an amazing night. Tornado flew around my room before you came. Excuse the mess it made. It usually doesn't rain in Southern California, much like Arizona. My eyes don't shed tears, but body boy, when I'm thinking about you, who no no no. I've been thinking about you, you no no no. I've been thinking about you. Do you think about me still? 